Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a 54-year-old lady in red, in act two of my career and living my best life. My perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom, and truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? Hi, I'm Janet Armstrong, owner and principal designer of Simply Swank Decor. You can find me at simplyswankdecor.ca. After a long career in management consulting, I graduated with a diploma in interior design and decor and subsequently studied to receive certification in living in place which is a way to ensure inclusive design for people who want to remain in their home well into the future regardless of changing health needs. I work primarily with clients 55 and over who are perhaps in their forever home or looking for their forever home and want to ensure it's safe, comfortable, will keep them healthy and well into the future, as well as reflects their personality and taste and style. None of us want to have a home that screams, someone with challenges lives here. We always want it to be trendy and stylish and a place we love to entertain our friends and family in. Welcome everyone to the third episode of the Encore podcast. I'm delighted today to have a special guest with me who is a friend and a peer that I know locally and I am proud to say that we do some work together. We have aligned visions on servicing our community and how we do that together. We often collaborate and I'm very excited to introduce you all to Janet Armstrong who is the owner and principal designer at Simply Swank Decor. Welcome, Janet. Thank you, Sherry. It's an honor to be here, and I'm delighted that I got to join you today. Great. I'm really excited to have you and hear a bit about your story. So for our listeners, as a reminder, the purpose here is to shine the spotlight on amazing women our age who are still evolving and growing and investing in themselves and learning about themselves and just embracing everything that this encore season of our life has to offer in order to give them context then I'd like to ask you to tell us a bit about your life before 50 whether it's professional or personal who you are who you grew up how you grew up what you did and whatever you're willing to share about uh, the Janet story okay that would be great I am the mother of two and the grandmother of two and I'm the oldest of three daughters I still have my mom alive with us and uh, still going strong it's always difficult to get a hold of her when you try to call because she's always out doing something and uh, I mention that because as the oldest of course the overachiever and working hard to build and grow and be more and And I would say that really defines my before 50 age. I was back to work as a working mother after my first daughter was born. And uh, not too long after that, you know, kind of felt that restlessness and like I needed to do something different. And, you know, I didn't want to be at home as a stay-at-home mom, but I wasn't sure what it was. So I started back at, at university to work on my master's 
of Art in Canadian Studies. Good for you. With a focus on environmental um, aspects, environmental issues. And uh, during that time, I was still working full time and became pregnant with my second daughter. And my husband went back to school and did his MBA. And so it was a very busy time. It was a lot of lack of sleep. But um, I would say one of the biggest things I learned out of doing my master's was time management. I mean, you can take all the courses through your professional career about time management and, and what that looks like. But, you know, two children, full-time work, husband at school, full-time, me going part-time, you get to understand what time management really means and how you make the most out of every five or 15 minutes that you have, right? And lack of sleep. But you do those things when you're young, right? Once that was done, you know, back to work, you know, some promotions um, because of my education and so forth. Husband finished his degree as an MBA from Ottawa U., And he left the federal government, pursued a different career. I was working for local municipal government, left to pursue a career. And that's when I started my management consulting career. I realized that uh, in working at local government, I was always in positions where I was trying to improve organizational performance and organizational behavior and, you know, a lot of change management. And it made sense to uh, pursue that professionally. So that's what I did. And I was on my own for a little while. And then an opportunity came up to join a consulting company. They were an IT consulting company, but were wanting to start a management consulting branch and brought me in to help with that. And so we managed a lot of the human elements around IT projects. It was a period of time where organizations realized that to be truly successful with an IT implementation, they really needed to look after the human side of the organization. It's one thing to put in an app or a new system, but unless you've got the human side engaged and understanding and trained and you know managed and coached through the change management process, it really truly isn't a successful launch. Right. So we built up a management consulting arm of that company myself and, and a couple of staff that I hired in. And from there, within the same company, um, was promoted a couple of times, ended up as a VP of the Edmonton branch. So we were in Ottawa at the time. We moved out to Edmonton, and that was my husband and I. He, at this point, was out on his own consulting, so he's portable. He can work anywhere. Our girls were both graduated from university and out living their lives, so it worked out well uh, from that perspective that we could manage that change. When I took the position in Edmonton, I knew that would be my last position with the company. I was kind of looking ahead and starting to think about when retirement might be. And so, you know, that was always in the back of my mind the whole time I was in Edmonton. At that point, I was there for about four years doing the role. I was hired actually to clean up the branch and get the people, process and technology um, back on track. And, you know, partway through what I thought was going to be my time with that company in that location, they decided that they no longer needed my services. And, you know, it it was actually very welcome. I knew things, I wasn't feeling particularly comfortable with how things were going. I wasn't getting guidance and support that I was promised I would get. And, you know, you just have that gut feeling that this is not going to work. Oh, I know. 
And, and we've talked about this, Sherry. <laughs> Absolutely, and, yes. And I think that was actually one of the first times we got together right. was that, you know, oh my God, we've had the exact same experience. Yep. So, you know, it's not the graceful necessarily point of retirement that I had envisioned, but it was welcomed. And, you know, I remember coming in the door after I'd had the conversation with my SVP and the human resources person. And I cheered and I looked at my husband and I said, I'm free. I'm done. And I was cheering. I was so excited. That's so good. I love that perspective. <laughs> and, you know, there was a little bit of work that had to be done to make it finalized. You know, the usual, you know, they offered an offensive severance package. And so, it, you know, it took a few months to work yeah. through that. But it worked out and, you know, everything was fine. We stayed on in Edmonton for a few months. We just, you know, we had friends out there and we were just kind of, you know, living life and doing okay. And I was starting to explore interior design. I'd always known that I would like that to be my encore career. Um, so I was taking some courses online and I was looking at organizations, professional organizations that I could join in that realm. Because even in my first career, I always joined organizations that were networking, professional development, ways that you could um, stay in touch and learn from others. And so I was doing the same thing with the interior decor and design as well. And um, it was a, at that time we'd come home for a visit and um, I realized that my dad who had dementia had really, you know, in the previous six months declined significantly. And um, my father-in-law had passed recently as well. So we thought, okay, you know, this seems like the right time. Our, our families are going to need us. So we came back, settled in Kingston, which is geographically halfway between the parents. And I would say in hindsight, I was probably very burned out after my experience in Edmonton. I just didn't really acknowledge it enough at the time. It's only in hindsight that I recognize behaviors and patterns and habits that were indicative of, um, burnout but I wasn't acknowledging it I was still you know you got to punch through wow, right that's how we're so raised you in. just you push through and you're so far in and you know I kept pushing and dad eventually passed away and when he passed it was a difficult time mom had been diagnosed with breast cancer oh dad boy. had a stroke they oh had boy. a major car accident you know there was a lot in a four-month period and by the time dad passed that was a very difficult painful process because there had to be some um, end-of-life decisions that we had to make that were nothing that I would ever want anyone I know to have to do right got mom to remission and it was at that point where I just kind of went I'm done I can't drive on the 401 anymore I can't do it and so I spent two or three months just cleaning the house doing the groceries cooking the meals resting. I'd started my business, but I really wasn't doing a lot with it. So I gave myself the gift of that time. and As you should, yeah. absolutely. And it was during that time where I did sit back and say, okay, so what does this next phase look like? Who do I want to be? What do I want my life to look like? What do I want to do? What do I don't want to do? Right. And it was actually quite exciting because I'm a very visual, intuitive person. And it was this inner yogi, hippie, gardener, <laughs> all these things. Oh, decorator and designer. Yes, that was in there too, was coming out. And so it was a wonderful opportunity to say, okay, well, 
what does that look like? And I get to craft it. I'm very blessed and fortunate because the hard work that, you know, my husband and I put in in the, you know, kind of the pre-50 stage allowed me to play around with it. You know, right. the decor and design business, and I'll get to why I'm doing that in a bit, but the wolf isn't at the door. I, you okay. know, I can take my time. I can do things intentionally. I can, you know, step back and look and reevaluate. Well, and pick your projects and, and your clients. Exactly. So, it, you know, that was a really cathartic time. And of course, by this point, I am well over 50 at the time I was making those decisions. And, you know, I came out of that kind of few month period and went, okay, you know, here's how I want the business to look. And I'm sure with your business, you find too, Sherry, that every once in a while, you'd still have to step back and say, what does my client base look like? Right. You know, what kinds of projects am I interested in? What is my target market? Because when I started out, like most decorators and designers, everybody was my target market. Right right which is kind of foolish but at any rate I realized that within a couple of years it was my clients were 55 and over okay so they're typically women mm -hmm. they have some disposable income they're you know at a point in their life where they're pretty settled in probably their forever home that was lovely and it gave me time to say okay I can now target I can advertise I can reach out I can look at my services and and my go-to services or how I provide those services um, and I'm going through that same process again I, you know post pandemic I'm realizing that I really don't want to do project management anymore it's not fun <laughs> so you're still learning about yourself and the still work that learning. you like and that you can make a difference with in serving people right exactly exactly if you will what the thing that we connected on is we have a shared passion for servicing seniors yes and both of our goals although it kind of seems seems counterintuitive to mine but both of our goals is to help people age in place yes. so we want to keep people in their homes as long as physically possible as long as it is happy and healthy and safe for them and Sometimes that means downsizing the home. Sometimes that means a multi-generational family and home. Sometimes that means just some decor and design changes to facilitate easy living with people who may have diminishing skills. And that is an absolute talent that you have and an area of specialty that for sure we have connected on. So can you speak a little bit more about aging in place and how sure. that fits into the suite of services that you offer? Yes, exactly. Thank you. So, you know, I did my diploma in interior design and decor, and it wasn't long after where I came across information on aging in place. And, you know, when you look at the demographic, there's going to be huge demand. There's already huge demand oh, for that. Absolutely. And, you know, home is our safety. It's our refuge. It's the place we're most comfortable. And what a lot of people don't realize is that as health and needs of our living, day-to-day -day living change, we don't need to automatically look at seniors' apartments or assisted living. And that's a, a key message I want to bring. There's a lot of things that can be done in a home that go beyond grab bars and take up area rugs. Um, I understand the need for those things as well. But there's so many exciting products and um, approaches to design and decor now that really can keep people in their homes safely, comfortably keep them well but it can look stylish too right. and it doesn't have to be the chrome grab bars that we associate with you know 
long-term care or hospital facilities, medical facilities. And um, it's interesting because a number of my clients that I've had, you know, even those that are in their 80s want to update a bathroom like I was mentioning the other day. And don't put chrome grab bars in. I don't want someone to think someone old lives here. So, you know, how exciting that this boomer generation who are still fairly active seniors still want homes that are stylish and up to date and right. look beautiful. There's so many exciting things that can be done with decor and design that address changing health needs in the area of vision and hearing and cognition and mobility. You know, think of yourself, you know, 20 years from now, 25 years from now, and I'm sure your dishes are in the upper cabinets, as most people's dishes are in the upper cabinets. But, you know, your reach isn't going to be as um, long and your strength isn't going to be as good. You know, we we lose our our muscle mass and, and so forth and our strength. So do we change the dishes and put drawers in lower cabinets to pull out with dishes? That's one option. But the other option that I particularly like is a number of companies have come up with hydraulic shelving systems where with very easy touch it doesn't require a lot of strength you can lower the shelves down to counter height you take your dishes off with a touch you push the hydraulics the shelves go back up into the cupboard so it makes it very easy you know and then if if it progresses you know your health progresses to the point for example where you're in have to work from a seated position um, you know stoves that have side opening doors instead of the typical pull down doors we all think of right same thing with dishwashers dishwashers can come with drawers as opposed to one door and then drawers so it's much more accessible and you know the appliances the hydraulics will allow counters to go up and down so if you have a multi-generational home for example where you're going to have children and grandparents working together to prepare dinner for example you can have a hydraulic counter that lowers so grandparents might be working from a seated position and the grandchildren are standing on a step stool to help and so there's many many products the same thing is bathrooms I'm a huge fan of roll-in showers yes. I know there's a product out there the the bathtub with the door that you go in the challenge I find with that is once the warm water drains away you're left sitting and cooling off while the water drains away before you can open the door and step out whereas at a roll-in shower you can have heated walls ceiling floor um, as well as you know you immediately can roll out of the shower and have your towels and so forth there. Right. The other thing about the roll-in shower that a lot of people don't consider is that if you have a personal support worker or a caregiver who's helping you and has to help you bathe, there needs to be room for them right? as well and room for them to reach in and assist without being in the shower, if, right. if you will. So, you know, and there's there's lighting, colours, we have to consider colours and it's not just about colour of the year by any of right. the paint companies our depth perception changes as we age so there needs to be contrast between the counter and the backsplash so you have that sense of what the depth is and can reach or place things on the counter properly and without risk that's great so those are just a number of the things you know yeah. it's it's very exciting you surely know your stuff and I can see that you light up when you talk about <laughs> it which is so beautiful to see 
honestly, I was just like you. I was tired and burnt out from a corporate career. I was doing something that didn't light my fire anymore. And I love now that you and I get to choose the work we do and exactly the way you put it, choose the projects we work on and where we offer our time and talents now. So that is such a beautiful thing and you're just another glowing example of someone having their encore career and thriving and growing and I see no signs of you slowing down. We talk all the time and we both have big dreams that we're chasing and we still want amazing things for our families and for our businesses. And as you think about your person, so when I talk about that and I put that kind of in categories or seasons of my life of who I was as a child and who I was in the building years and who I'm still striving to become, which is my Daisy, is there something like that for you, a mindset or a person you're still striving to be? And does she have a name, if you want to share that with us? And what does future Janet look like? Yeah, I do have a name. Um, it's Midge, and that was given to me by my daughters, actually, because apparently I Midge around, and I'm, I referred earlier to my hippie phase. I've taken on veggie gardens uh, since I've transitioned or moved into my encore career, and apparently that Good fits with the Midge profile. <laughs> um, but beyond the joke, it's stuck, and that's, you know, something that, that we all have a lot of laughs about and um, if it's a family thing and they gave it to you it's a gift it's a gift it's a gift and I actually can see a day when the decor and design kind of fades away I mean I'm looking further down the road but you know as with you there's always an evolution and you're always thinking ahead and you're always wanting to learn and, and grow and I would say the last five years especially have been a healing journey for me and discovering who I don't want to be and getting rid of those habits and that persona and who I do want to be. And I do have another business. I do have another aspect um, of my life that I work on and I'm a Reiki practitioner and I'm a oh. reflexologist. And Look so I- you being multi-layered. <laughs> <laughs> and so I actually am very active in that as well. And I have clients every week in both of those practices and so I can see where you know perhaps eventually the decor and design will kind of fade away and the healing will continue and it's kind of an interesting experience because I've been a Reiki practitioner for quite some time but I didn't do it for anybody but family and friends for up until about six years ago and um, it's interesting that as my healing journey has progressed my practice has built you know my client base has built and quite a number of my clients are middle-aged women women over 50 and you know a lot of similar experiences a lot of shared challenges and so forth so you know in thinking ahead there will be a business come out of that that is not just doing the treatments there will be something around that and I'm currently investigating studying you know looking into whatever you want to call it how I might take decor and design and marry it with the healing modalities that I provide to my clients and I think you'll see that emerge too in in probably the not too distant future I can't wait there's um, there's there's aspects of the wellness and the healthy home that extend beyond the inclusive design. Right. 
there's other ways we can make home our refuge. And I think if the last two years have taught us anything, it's that we truly need a healthy home that makes us see, feel safe and well and that we always want to spend time in. But there's that other aspect too, the healing journey and what I've learned on that and what the wellness looks like in terms of how my days are carved out and how I think others' days are, are coming carved out too. That's beautiful. Or carving out. And um, we were joking before we started about, you know, different times of our day and what that looks like and right. what persona we take on or what hat we wear in those particular times of the day. <laughs> and I need quiet time. I need absolute alone quiet time. And I've trained everybody to respect that. Oh, you'll have to teach me how to train everybody to respect that. I'm working you, on it. Do you find in the encore stage that you've gotten better at setting boundaries? To a point. Yeah. I'm still working on it. Yeah. I have a big, crazy family, as you know, and yeah. a big, crazy, busy life, and still a very early on growing business. So mm-hmm. sometimes. I'm still striving too hard to be everything to everybody. My boundaries essentially at this point are, yeah, I try not to look at my phone before 7 a.m. I try to not respond to my phone after 9 p.m. unless I'm in the heat of a deal, but that's a long time. And I know that I'm guilty of sometimes dismissing the people in my life who are most important to me because there's a client calling and oh my goodness. And it's hard. It is it's really, really hard, hard when you're, particularly when you're building things again. Yeah. So if Midge could talk to 25-year-old Janet, what would she tell her? She would say, always be yourself. You know, learn now who you really are. Don't listen to those near you who are telling you what you are because that's not right. That's not true you listen to your gut and you learn who you are and you live that regardless of what anybody else thinks that's so beautiful and so authentic and real i sincerely appreciate you being with us today and sharing your stories if our listeners wanted to look you up where would they be able to find you my website is simplyswankdecor.ca I'm on Instagram as Simply Swank Decor. I'm on Pinterest and I'm on Facebook as well, all Simply Swank Decor. Great. Okay, that's beautiful. Yeah. And my email address, if anybody wants to write this down, is Janet at simplyswankdecor.ca. Beautiful. You provide such a beautiful service to Thank the 50 you. plus population, people yeah. like you and I. It's an honor and a privilege to speak with you today and to know you. And now all of our listeners know that you're doing it for Mitch and I'm doing it for Daisy. And I asked them to think about who they're doing it for. Excellent. Thank you so much, Sherry. This is wonderful. I've had a great time. Thank you.